welcome to the Burt's Books Podcast. Hi everyone. It's been a while. It has been a while. Like three weeks, four something weeks, like something that. like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's just been so busy. Yeah, it's been quite the month. Um, I've, I've developed this unfortunate thing called a social life. Disgusting. Well, I've put a stop to that. Yeah, it's quite uh, right. I barely read a thing <laughs> in February. That's not what you want. I read, I've read three books. I possibly read a fourth book because I remembered one today oh, okay. that I was talking to somebody about and I think I've read that. When did I read that? I think I might have read that in February. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I didn't really read much in February. So I also, y- you weren't here for a couple of weeks. No, that's all. Uh, only one week. I had, I had my birthday, so I went Yeah, off. but then you went off for a show as well there was one oh, yeah, true, yeah, 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 when yeah. we would have normally recorded um, but um, I, but I, I thought about maybe doing a podcast by myself but I just mm. didn't have anything to talk about no. I hadn't read anything no um, so I've got two books today to talk about. One is actually that I read way back in January, so we'll be lucky if I remember it. <laughs> and one I read just this weekend, just gone. Lovely. So um, that should still be quite fresh. And it was also our book club book okay. choice this month. Mine's quite similar. Mine's... Which I spoke about last night, so yes, like, did, it's yes. still fairly fresh. Oh, what have you got? Uh, quite similar. One that I read at the start of last month and one I've just finished. Good. So... Yeah. Did you have a nice birthday? Did yes. you do anything nice? Uh, went down to Brighton for a couple of days. Lovely. It was all very nice. Yes. Aww. Well, it's nice that you're back. I'm back. I suppose. Thanks. Shall we get on with it? Yeah. Do you want to go first, or should I? Up to you, mate. Um, okay, well, I'll go first, because okay. I'll, I'll talk about um, I'll talk about 1979 by Val McDermott. Yes. Um, I'll, read the, I'll read the blurb before I tell you anything more. 1979. It is the winter of discontent, and Ali Burns is chasing her first big scoop. One of few women in the newsroom, she needs something explosive for the boys' club to take her seriously. Soon, Ali and fellow reporter Danny Sullivan are making powerful enemies with their investigations, and Ali won't stop there. When she discovers a terrorist threat close to home, she devises a dangerous plan to make her name. But Ali is a woman in a man's world, and putting a foot wrong could be fatal. Mm. I had not read Val McDermott before. I never have either. And it always feels like I really should have done. Yeah, especially given my Christie love. She is considered the current queen of, queen of crime. Exactly. So I thought, well, I have. will put Val forward for a book club, mm-hmm. see if they pick her. They did. And um, I thought, great, I'm going to enjoy this. And I did. Yes. But it wasn't what I was expecting. Okay. Uh, I was expecting from a Val McDermott sort of, Bodies piling up left, right and centre, police detectives maybe, or in this case journalists. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't really read the blurb, didn't really know what to expect, but I was sort of expecting that. She's um, more the thriller end of crime, isn't she? Yeah, really, but yeah. this wasn't even that. Oh, okay. Uh, this was very slow burn. Um, the first body, in fact only body, okay. didn't turn up till about page 250 odd. Wow, okay. Um, so it was essentially a story in three parts and this is how I, so every book club we, somebody does a summary of what the book yeah. was for anyone who hasn't, can't remember it or wasn't, hadn't finished it or what have you. And this is, I, I did it last night. It's basically a story in three parts. You've got the first third, Ali meets, um, well not meets, she already works with him, but we meet Ali beginning of uh, 1979, she's on a train with Danny Sullivan, who is her colleague. Um, they've met purely by accident uh, on the way back to, um, I think, Edinburgh, maybe Glasgow, one of the two. Uh-huh. Um, and they, he reveals to her this story that he's working on. 
Um, but he needs somebody to help him because he does. He's not the best writer, so he needs somebody to polish up what he's done and help him structure it. So she agrees to do that, and um, it's a financial crime, fairly white collar. Um, she's helping him, and his brother is involved. Okay. So there's a little bit of a how do we keep him out of it? Yeah. Um, that story kind of breaks, and they're the toast of the newsroom. Okay. Next third is Ali then reporting on a story of her own, which is what the blurb talks about. Um, and it's this terrorist plot that she started to sort of maybe uncover. Okay. And she needs Danny's help, so right. he helps her. So they're becoming this little duo. And then the final third, I'm not going to tell you what okay. it's about. Um, but largely, the story is about the relationship between Ali and, and Danny. And um, one assumes, well, there's already a sequel out called 1989. Yes. Um, one assumes there's going to be 1999, 2009, 2019, maybe even 2029. Yeah. Um, I, I assume it's going to go on for a bit. Um, and it, this almost felt like, actually, this is a prologue to a bigger story. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't bodies piling up left, right and centre. What it was, was very atmospheric. I really liked the two lead characters. Yeah. Really felt like, actually, this is about getting to know them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yes. Uh, because I was, like I said, I was expecting this bodies piling up everywhere. And I, I do enjoy that kind of book. And I would have enjoyed that had that been what was written, I would have imagined. But um, this was something a little bit different. Yeah. It was a bit of more slow-paced crime, gives you room to get to know some of the characters. I felt like sometimes some of the references to 1979, oh, I'm just listening to this song now, yeah, 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 yeah. felt a little bit yeah. crowbarred in. But other than that, it gave a real sense of um, Scotland, Certainly you could hear Val McDermott yeah, 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 yeah. talking, um, and you could hear her voice, which is a little distracting, to be fair, at first, <laughs> but then eventually you get into yeah. it. Um, but it's a very, even when it's not written in dialect, it's a very Scottish tone. Yes. Um, which I really appreciated, I really liked that, well, that was quite good. Yeah. You could tell where you were, just from the way the characters fought. Yeah. Um, so that I really enjoyed. Uh, in terms of the book club, though, it was kind of mixed um, mixed feedback. Right. There was uh, people who had read Val McDermott before didn't like it. Okay. As much as they liked enough of other Val McDermott's. People who hadn't read Val McDermott before did like it. Okay. And I think that, that's, that's a very sort of generic explanation of how everyone felt. There were some people who just couldn't get into it. There were yeah, other people yeah. who loved it. Um, but... Um, it felt like that the the people who have read Val's other stuff, this was possibly too much of a tonal shift. Okay. Um, whereas people who hadn't read her before was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Really liked it. So I think it's one of those things that, obviously things are subjective, but objectively, it's probably a good book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not what you expect. No. From that author. Oh, nice. Um, which I think it then led to a discussion about, well, wouldn't you use a pen name? Uh, if it was a complete... Like like Agatha, your friend. Yes. Like she did with Mary uh, Wasmacott. Yes, her romances. Because yeah. she wrote a different genre. Yeah. Would you choose a different pen name? I don't think you have to, though. I mean, I have this sort of thing with my writing is that I dip into different genres that I want to write and stuff. And you kind of think, oh, do you need a different name for each one? But well, nobody knows no. the first one yet. Well, exactly. But also, that Stephen King. Oh, no, actually, he had a pen name as well, didn't he, for a while? So, you know, 
I don't think you need to, but especially if you're still writing crime. Yeah, think, that's what know. I thought. That's what I was had, kind had of... she twisted around and started writing romance. space opera or romance yeah. stuff, then maybe. But I, that's I what I said. I, don't, I said I don't think this is a big enough departure no, from what she normally writes. And so as I find the use of a pen name a bit odd sometimes as well, because especially if it's well known. Oh, because they would have absolutely 100% marketed if it. If exactly, the, yeah, yeah. It would have been Val McDermott writing as Sue Smith. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so you go, well, what's they, the would, they would have just... They wouldn't have. No. They wouldn't have kept that quiet. No, no, no. Um, have you read that? You haven't read that. No. One again, feel I should. I might. I might have to start with this one or, or something. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what you think. Yeah. Um, I quite like 1979, and I'm definitely going to read 1989. Yes. Um, and I may even read it this month. Okay. So it's one of those where I actually really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't normally. I if I read part of a series. I don't normally then read the rest straight no, away. fair enough. Um, I think partly because there's only one more. Yeah. Um, I will, and also it was just that good. Oh, I cool. really liked it. Does 1989 carry on the same characters and everything? Do you know? Uh, it or? does. So yeah. So Ali Burns is the main character. I haven't looked at the blurb, but the series is the Ali Burns okay, series. Okay, right, fine, yeah. Um, so she will certainly be in it again. Um, however many of the other characters carry on, I don't yeah, know. Ten yeah, years yeah. later, she well, could be. Yeah. She could be living in. Um, Honolulu. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the cover of 1989. I don't think it's Honolulu. There's a pier. Yeah. And some seagulls. Are there seagulls in Honolulu? Probably somewhere. There we go. In the zoo. Um, I have nothing further to say. Good, okay. It's been a month since we last spoke. I suspect there's an Agatha on the horizon. I don't think I've done one this year so far. So I'm oh, gonna, I bet uh, you have. Get away with doing one. Oh, um, so are we doing one now? We're, we're doing one yeah, now. Okay. Here we are. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> this is actually one of my favourites and one of the I best. You're like ones. you say that every time. I feel I do too. <laughs> In having reread this one, this is certainly my favourite Miss Marple. Okay. So this is a murder is announced. So I'll give you the blurb. The villagers of Clipping Cheg. No, the villagers of Chipping Cleghorn are agog with with curiosity when the Gazette advertises a murder is announced and will take place on Friday, October the 29th at Little Paddocks at 6.30pm. A childish practical joke or a spiteful hoax? Unable to resist the mysterious invitation, the locals arrive at Little Paddocks at the appointed time when, without warning, the lights go out and a gun is fired. When they come back on, a gruesome scene is revealed. An impossible crime? Only Miss Marple can unravel it. So, this one is, like I said, probably, definitely my favourite Miss Marple novel. There's only 14 Miss Marple um, I always think that, because I think prior to, we do the Agatha Christie subscription, yeah, yeah. obviously, as you well know. As well, I know. Um, and when I was setting it all up, I was surprised by the sheer number of Poirot versus Marple. Yeah, there's a lot more Poirot because she did a lot more Poirot in her early career and then as time went on she did more and more Marple. So the Marple Because she became to... an old lady. She became an old lady and she just grew to hate Poirot so she well, grew to like Marple a bit arrogant more. Arrogant. Yeah. And so she um so she started writing more Marples in later. So this one is nineteen fifty. Right. Um and it is very, very of its time. So I don't oh, said... do you mean racist? No 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 I don't mean racist at all. I mean it is it is set in 1950 and it could not be set really any other time. Right. It is, because Christie, in a lot of the stuff I think I've said before, doesn't really discuss World War II. All the sort of books written during that time aren't about it. But this is now, five years after the war, people aren't recovering. They are, the world has changed forever. Um, so there's still rationing on black market, swapping of 
um, produce going on. Gotcha. That's happening. Um, there's a whole ongoing thing that, like, like you know, in the in the old days, as the as the characters say, you know, you knew everyone in the village, and if someone new turned up, they came with letters of reference saying, "Oh, I knew this person, blah blah." blah so you know, they're clearly going to be good people. I'm allowed in the village. I'm allowed in the village. Oh, you have. You know, I know people you know, so it's all okay. And now we're in a state where people are much freer to move. There's a lot of thing of just like going, okay, well, we're just going to go off and do our um, do our own things. Um, one of the other characters in it who becomes quite important is Mitzi, who is the housekeeper of um, uh, Letitia Blacklock, who owns Little Paddocks. I'll come to her in a minute. Uh, so Mitzi is from Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe, and is uh, quite a stereotypical Eastern European character. But she's been a refugee and has been misplaced by the war, and she's got a um, paranoia and a victim complex that she is being chased and someone is after her. Probably is. Well, exactly. She she's clearly powerful for good. Yeah, but she's clearly <laughs> suffering quite badly. And everyone in England is just like, oh, be quiet. You know, it's yeah. just the the, 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 the foreign help. The war is over had. now. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of suspicion on her as well. So what's interesting is, so yes, basically there's a let there's a personal in the newspaper, in the local newspaper that just says a murder will take place at Little Paddocks, which is the home home of Letitia Blacklock and her friend Bunny. Oh. Um. Who's just is there to really look after her, a child childhood friend. And, um, yeah, and then the, the book opens with everyone around the village in their houses reading the paper going, oh, it says here there's going to be a murder at the house. Um, so yeah, it's I, announced prior to it happening? The day before. I think it's, oh, the thing is that, that morning, actually. I think okay. in the, in the paper it says it's going to be murder tonight. That's quite sinister. Yeah. So everyone kind of goes over. And um, so all the people in the neighbourhood are going, well, this is very strange. You know, it's very odd. It's, she's not the sort of person who make a practical joke like this. And that little paddock's Letitia Blacklock is just going, it's just, it's just a practical joke, it's just stupid, let's just mm. ignore it, whatever. But she says, I also know that everyone in the village will turn up to see what's going on. And as the evening draws on, she goes, go get the good sherry out, get some <laughs> cakes out, you know, we won't make it look like we're having a party, but we'll just, you know, people will turn up. And sure enough, by about 6.15, people have started arriving. Um, but under pretenses of, oh, I've come to see your garden. How are you? Like, no one's going to mention the murder. Everyone's just going, oh, I'm here. I just pop, thought I'd pop in. I was just, just coming was by. Just passing just with passing. the thing. Yeah, exactly. Just passing. Actually, the last person to arrive is the vicar's wife, who comes in and just goes, I'm so sorry, mate. Have I missed the murder? <laughs> 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 and she's like, oh. and everyone kind of goes, yeah, fine, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so, yes, then the lights go out. Lights come up again. Someone is dead. Don't tell me who, because I quite I'm not, like the sound of this. Yeah, one. I'm not going to tell you who. Uh, it's so so good. So um, yeah, and then the rest is just then trying to solve it. Miss Marple happens to be in the neighbourhood. Well, you well, know, she's probably read the paper. Exactly. So that's fine. Um, I bet it was her. <laughs> uh, but no, no. <laughs> I can tell you that for free. It's not Miss Marple. Um, well, that's what yeah. that's what you've been hoodwinked into what been, thinking. Exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. read the, if you read the subtext properly, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, the thing that's really interesting, so I guess this one's quite a funny one, but also there is a lot in it. This is a really strong one with characters. Okay. And the characters are all very well defined, very um, independent. And this is also possibly the only Agatha Christie novel which features a queer couple. Oh, bet they're women. They are women. Yeah. They Not are. the interesting ones. <laughs> they are Miss Hinchcliffe. <laughs> I didn't Hinch. mean that. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> they are Miss Hinchcliffe, known to everyone as Hinch, and Miss Murgatroyd. And it's never explicitly said they're a couple, yeah. but they are two women of middle age who live together and their, rea- their relationship with each other is very clear they're not just friends. They are, they are a couple. They love, they, 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 care, love, each they love each other. They care for each other. Aww. So that is very, very 
sweetly done, and no one has a problem with it. No one mentioned. No one is. It is that is just Hinch and Murgatroyd. They are. They are. They're, that's Hinch and Murgatroyd. That's what they do. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's, Murgatroyd that's though. Amy Murgatroyd, great name. What a name. I know. <laughs> um. If anyone was going to be a lesbian, it's somebody called Murgatroyd. Yeah, fair, fair. But um. Yes. So it's a really. Uh, so that is just like a really nice touch as well, and it sort of shows again. This is like 1950, so mm. but it is showing society is kind of now going. You know, it's not just as it always was anymore. Things have changed, um, which means there's also a lot of thing in there about like family who've been displaced and whatnot and everything. But it is yeah, yeah. Just the the whole thing is just beautifully done. Miss Marple is in it perfectly. This is only about her fifth outing now for us all, um, and yeah, it's just really, really fun one um do you prefer miss marple or huck your poirot yeah i think you've asked me this before um it's difficult well i'm sorry for repeating myself <laughs> that's all i do on this thing he said to the man talking about another agatha Christie. all right i'm sorry um, i'm running out of questions i know now. i know it's fine <laughs> i think probably generally poirot just because there's more of them maybe so i'm more familiar with him right but dipping into a marple they are really good fun and she's but like the last time I read of hers she didn't turn up till the very end really lazy um, I know I know but um, <laughs> well, she's old yeah this one she's in it from quite near the beginning and um, it's very sweet you learn a bit more about her backstory as well because Christy was always very coy with the histories of the detectives but this one's a little bit more about her in this one oh yeah which is nice I might read that one it's worth a go cause it, yeah like I say it's a, it's a funny one and it's just a really interesting concept of just like what do you do if Someone in the paper suddenly said, there's going to be a murder in your house tonight. Hey, guess what? What? Um, you know how it's been so long yeah. since we last did this? Yeah. I forgot to tell you that the last book, and indeed now this book, yes. they're both available to order at birthsbooks.co.uk. Lovely. Get to it. Speaking of forgetting things, yes. it's time for me to talk about my next book. Yes. Which is The uh, Colour of Magic by... Mr. Ooh, Terry Pratchett. Okay. Now, the reason I say about forgetting it is because uh, it's been about five or six weeks since I read it. It's been about five or six years since I read it. So, um, <laughs> and this is the first Pratchett I've ever oh, okay. read. Right. I think I did read the one about the elephant. The fifth elephant? Maybe. Um, I think I started reading that and couldn't get into it when I was this, but this yeah, would be yeah. about 20 odd years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it was when I was still at school, in fact. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought, you know what? It's time I start reading the colour or the packet books. Mm-hmm. Now, um, everyone said to me, "Don't start with the first one." Don't start with the first one. They yeah. said, "Do not start with the colour of magic." And I said, "No, no. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do." <laughs> I I understand what they're saying. Like, basically, for those who don't know, the uninitiated. Um, it's generally accepted that the first couple of books by Pratchett are not his best. No. Not representative. No, he's sort of working his way into the world, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas I quite often think, do you know what? If if I was reading it live, yeah, as yeah. it were, this would be my introduction yeah, to this of course, world. Yeah. And there may well be things that he has written in later books where... I don't, I'm not going to say he assumes you know, but there is a little bit of context missing if you haven't read the first yeah. ones. And people say, no, you don't need to, you don't need to, and I'm sure they're absolutely right. But I am very much completist, I like to yeah, go yeah. in order. And 
forgetting even about content, it would be very disappointing if I read all of the books, left The Colour of Magic to last, because it's not his very yeah. good, best, and then I hated it. Yeah, because yeah. in comparison to the others, it doesn't stand up. Um, let me read the blurb mm-hmm. in case anybody does not know Indeed. what Discworld is about. In the beginning, there was a turtle. Somewhere on the frontier between thought and reality exists the Discworld, a parallel time and place which might sound and smell very much like our own, but which looks completely different, particularly as it's carried through space on the back of a giant turtle. Sex unknown. It plays by different rules, but then some things are the same everywhere. The disc's very existence is about to be threatened by a strange new blight, the world's first tourist, upon whose survival rests the peace and prosperity of the land. Unfortunately, the person charged with maintaining that survival in the face of robbers, mercenaries and, well, death, with a capital D, is a spectacularly inept wizard. Now, I was hoping uh, that um, we would have a couple of names thrown out here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Do you the names? Because I can remember their names. Is there Rincewind? Rincewind is the wizard. Rincewind is the wizard. That's all I can remember. And the first tourist is Two Flower. Two Flower. So this is essentially a buddy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where um, Two Flower has arrived and is... Uh, and um, Rincewind is, is charged with making sure yes. he survives and reports back to his homeland basically what's going uh, on. Yeah, he's from the counterweight continent, I want to Possibly. say. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, there haven't really been people coming over from there before. Yeah, yeah. They are quite prosperous, um, but the people in charge of the uh, this part of the disc world want it known that everything's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and then basically adventures and surrealism ensues yeah it isn't this one i think in the middle of it it suddenly becomes dungeons and dragons and it's just gods rolling dice isn't it yes yeah, yeah, gods yeah, rolling dice um and then some of them rock up in reality yeah um as always gods turning up in disc world though. there's things falling off the edge yes of, of, the, of the disc world there's yeah, waterfalls yeah. and then there's people who guard the edge of the disc world yeah, and, yeah. and um it's just bonkers Oh, it's completely mad. And then as you read it, but as you read it, it kind of slowly sort of makes sense in context. It, yeah, it all makes sense in its own context. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like a story, again, actually a bit like old um, Val McDermott. Mm. It felt a bit like a story in a couple of parts in that um, it changes gear. Yeah, I seem to remember that I'm being a bit more just a bit more short storyish yeah, rather than possibly yeah. more vignettes rather than a novel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I actually think I'm glad I read it first Good. because if this is his worst, yeah. then I'm going to enjoy the rest. Fair enough. I don't think I have read it. I don't think it's the first one I read, but I've only read 3, I think. Have you read them all? No, like I said I've only read 3. But okay, I'm yeah, sorry. I just what you just said. Literally, listen to me. I, I was already. The question was already <laughs> oh, lined up. It I was see. on. It was in the back of my throat, ready to come. That's out. fine. So I have a complicated relationship with Discworld in that everything about it I should love. Yes, I should be so in love with it. And I've seen all the adaptations on TV. They are amazing. I watch Hogfather every year. I, when I was younger, I had a, a computer game called Discworld Noir, which was like a detective game set in the universe and played that constantly it was such a good game unfortunately it doesn't work on my computer anymore Ooh. but I know but it was such a good game and I've read three of the books 
And I, oh, and also the character of Death in it, I think is possibly one of the greatest fictional characters of all time. So Death appears yeah. as a character, doesn't he? And he's phenomenal. But for some reason, the books themselves, I cannot get into. I spoke to a friend of mine who's really, really into Discworld once and said, and he said, well, why have I got into them? I said, well, I've read Colour of Magic, Mort and Pyramids. And they were, they were fine, but mm. I'm not going, oh, I must read them all. And he said, that's the equivalent of trying to get into Shakespeare by reading Timon of Athens and half the sonnets. It's, you need to, you know, go for the big ones, and then you go, oh, and then you sort of feed into the rest. But I feel like, and this is, this is slightly irritates me when people say things like that, mm. I feel like, if you're gonna like Shakespeare, you should like the sonnets. Well, I agree, and I just think, I, but yeah, so it's one of those I can't quite explain why the series doesn't gel with me, um, but the, the adaptations of them do, and you know, it's just like, that's just gonna have to be the way of things, I think. I will occasionally dip into a Discworld. I, w- I will never write the series off for good, but I think I'm still waiting for the one to grab me. Well, see, I, it's interesting because I've sort of got it in my head that Mort is the one that a lot of people use as a... Yeah, it's about number four, and that's when yeah. he changes. Um, so it's interesting that you read that and your friend likened it to... Yeah, well, I think it was did. the fact I'd read Colour and Magic, which right. says not to, and Pyramids, which was, which was actually the best one I've read, Pyramids. Okay. It's a parody of ancient um, Egypt. So I'm actually also as well, and I think this is partly what um, has made me start. So I, I'm very reluctant to read starter series, yeah, especially yeah. when there's so much. Yes. Because I want to read it all. Yeah. And my plan is I will read a practice a year, a month. Yeah. Practice a year. Christ, I'm not living. <laughs> I'm not living that long. I've already decided I ain't living that long. At least long. you know no more are coming. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh well, then no, there's the short <coughs> stories coming this year. Oh Lord, okay. Um, undiscovered short stories. Um, so, um, I, um, I was planning to read, like I said, I was planning to read one a month. I didn't read one in February, yeah, so I might yeah. have to read two in March. Okay. Um, so I, but I'm reading the really nice hardback versions. Yeah. And actually they just look lovely and they're quite nice to hold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I think that, that is what's going to make, that appeals to the collector in me. Yes, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, um, I'm definitely going to get them all and read them, <laughs> read them through. Fair enough. Um, and, did you know, Michael, if you wanted to do the very same, yes. you could uh, sign up to the Terry Pratchett subscription. I had no idea, tell me more. That's at birthbooks.co.uk, yep. don't know if you've heard of it, a beautiful looking website. Okay. And um, you can sign up to get one or two books a month. And you can either pick the paperback or the hardback. Yes. So if you don't want to spend the money... So the hardback's like fourteen ninety nine. The paperback's are nine ninety nine. So if you don't want to spend the money on the really nice hardbacks, you can just get the normal paperbacks. We will send them in chronological order in terms of publication, yep. unless you request a different order. Yeah. Uh, you can also tell me that you have, in fact, read Mort, Pyramids, and The Colour of Magic, and I will skip those ones. Lovely. Easy, Very easy. Nice. Um, or, should you wish to, you can just buy it individually at birthbooks.co.uk. UK. feel like I should have said that that was a paid advertisement on behalf of Bird's Books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is all the paid advertisement on behalf of Books. And they ain't paying No much. one's getting paid. <laughs> um, now, I'm excited for your next book. Yes. Because you came back today. Well, you came back yesterday, but I wasn't yeah, yeah. there yesterday. Uh, but um, you started telling me about it, and um, you... It's one I've read. Yeah. And um, it's one our friend, Teacher Dan, has recently read as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he loved it. What is it, and did you love it? It is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, and I, I loved it so much. More or less than Agatha Christie? Let's not be silly. 
Um, but no. Okay, <laughs> Hercule Poirot, Miss Marple, the guy from her Project Hail Mary in the middle. I'm not going to play this game. It's, it's not sandwich. fair. Yeah. Um, so Andy Weir, if people who don't know him, his first book was The Martian, which then became a massive film as well. But the book was one of the greatest books of the science fiction genre of recent years. It was amazing. Um, and was very science-based and sort of like, you know, you're kind of going, okay. Um, second one, Artemis, was good. I didn't read Artemis. Okay, it, it's good, but it didn't set my heart on fire. This Other is people probably... have said that to me, which is one of the reasons why I didn't read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This one is probably the best book I've read this year so far. I know we're only two months in, but it's definitely out there. So, Project Hail Mary, I'll give you the blurb. Uh, Ryland Grace is a sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission. If he fails, humanity and the Earth itself will perish. But right now he doesn't know that. All he knows is he's been asleep for a very, very long time, and he's just woken to find himself hurtling through space millions of miles from home. It's up to him to puzzle out an impossible scientific mystery, and he's got to do it all alone. Or does he? Right, at this point, I feel like we're going to need to say... Spoiler alert. Yeah, we're about to spoil the hell out of this. Because, um, because I feel like we can't, can't talk about this book without... No. And I feel... I can't remember if... Um, I when I because I have spoken about this before on the podcast. Yeah, I can't remember if I spoiled it or not then. Um, but yes, so basically, if you don't want to um, find out what happens in this book, um, we're not going to we're not going to reveal everything that happens in the end. No, but no, there's no. a major event partway through that we are yes. going to talk about. Um, uh, and um, if you don't want to know, I would stop listening for the next five or six no. minutes. I've just found it. So the event happens on page 120 out of about 470 pages. Yes. So that's quite early in. But, but it's part. It's, but, but it's outside of my normal rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is first 100 pages of Fair Game. Yes. Um, Do you want to tell them or should I? Oh, can I tell them? You can tell them. So, uh, Ryland Grace wakes up in his spaceship, tries to work out where he is, realises, well, hang on a minute, I'm not around the sun anymore, I'm around a different star. Um, and then sees another spaceship there <laughs> as well, which thereby proving humans aren't alone in the universe, and they've just met, he's just met the neighbours, and he's about to really, really meet the neighbour. And so first contact is made around this other star with an alien race, um, which is just amazing. So it's not done at all in like a... It's a Spock way of just like, they look like humans, they look like humans. This is an entirely, entirely alien on every level type of species. Um, they, um, so, uh, Ryland, they managed to communicate by throwing things at each other's spaceships, which then sort of proves that they, to sort of communicate where they're from and that they understand the periodic table and things like that. Um, and then the alien builds a, a tunnel to Ryland's ship. And, um, yeah, and then they so, meet. So there's a moment, which I, I, I may have misremembered this, but basically there's a moment where he sees this spaceship. Yeah. And which looks like nothing humans could have built. It, so it's, yeah, but but at that point as a reader, yeah, yeah. you are thinking, okay, but this could be anything. This guy yeah, doesn't yeah, remember yeah, how yeah. he got here. No. It could be it could be another human spaceship. Oh, we should say that as well. So there's always, it turns out basically as well that he has to go off because it turns out the, the sun is dying. Yeah. And they've had to go to this other star, which is the only star in the local cluster that isn't dying. And he's been sent off there to... to investigate going. why it's not yes. dying, yeah, to yeah. see if they can find out yes. why theirs is. And how to save Earth, because so, Earth is going to die. So he he's there, this other spaceship rocks up, and as a reader, you don't know no. that it's alien. 
No, no, no. Um, he, he, he's experiencing it. You're experiencing it with him. And but there's a moment where there is a knock. Yes. On the outside of the ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's when the alien has basically come across in this tunnel. Yeah. And that for me was the moment where at half past midnight <laughs> I went. I'm reading this through yeah, to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going through to the end. So four o'clock, I was still going. And it was one of the best books I read the year it came out, which was two years ago, I think. Yes. Um, and the thing that I loved about it is, is they can't communicate. They have no way of communicating. No. There isn't a magical Star Trek button on their, on their badge <laughs> that will do universal translation. They have to work out a new language or yeah. how to understand each other so they, they they literally start off by like i mean they don't e the other guy doesn't even have dialogue he doesn't have a no voice. He, he sounds like whale song yeah yeah so like grace is picking up a ball and going ball is not really helping no it's not gonna do anything i think the first thing they show each other is um numbers and a clock yeah and it turns out this alien uses base six yeah um so that's a whole other thing so we could work out these new numbers and once you've got numbers down you could then start going or ele because elements are the same all over the universe as well. So then you start going, all right, this is this element, blah blah blah. Um, so they, they work out what each other breathe, yes. so that they can he can help him in. He calls him Rocky. He calls him Rocky because he's got a very rocky skin, yeah. and he can't obviously say his name because there's no word in our language for whatever what, it is. What he is. Um, so he's called Rocky. He's got very like craggy skin. Um, what I did like, which you rarely see in these sort of things, is the alien wears clothes. Yes, because so often aliens just seem to be wandering around naked. <coughs> so that's lovely, but not humanoid. Not humanoid. He's, he's like, it's like almost like, like spider. A spider with five legs, basically. Yeah. Um, no visible eyes. They can't see. They they, they see through sound. Um, they breathe ammonia. Mm. And it turns out later their their blood is mercury. And but but through all of this, um, Grace starts to work out what sort of world they yeah. live on, and is able to then pinpoint where they're from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're able to find out by just using scientific logic yes right okay so you're really really small yeah. basically <laughs> he's not very tall he's crawling along on five legs yep. he's not very tall the pressure yeah and the gravity where you're from must be quite extreme exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. um so they start working out and i just think it's so clever it's one of those ones where the science all sounds so brilliant you kind of go this is amazingly researched and then i kind of go could all be all could all be, I don't, could I don't all be know. rubbish. I'm in the arts, you see. Yes. I, I don't know. But it sounds all completely I, legit. You can I, go, yeah. yeah, you pop that on the six o'clock news, I'm going, yeah, yes, I believe exactly. you, mate. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, and um, that's what I felt about The Martian. <coughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, same. Because it is, like, the science is so well done. You kind of go, it's believable. it all sounds legitimate. And I think it is. Like, Andy Weir seems to, he's got a background in science geekery. I think he is very up there. I do believe it probably is all the case. But it is, like, yeah, like you say, like, um, the alien so going to go oh you must have been placed with gra thick gravity blah 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 and all this other stuff so they then they do learn to communicate with each other and they have like a big spreadsheet that can kind of go you, you'd be happy and he, <laughs> but any noise that Rocky makes he goes oh that must mean this word blah, 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 and they can eventually communicate um, but it's beautifully done in like, their biology I'm telling as well. you spreadsheets are going to save the world I know day. I know but what's interesting as well is that like Rocky and his people have got there to this stuff because they had the same problem on their planet so they've got up here but Rocky and his species have never invented computers or the transistor. They've never invented um, uh, X Factor. X Factor. But they, they don't understand colour because they can't see colour. That the fact when um, he meets when Rocky and uh, Grace are talking a bit more, Rocky's going, "I don't understand how you can." So you're saying I see with sound, 
Are you telling me you see with light? What the what the hell does that mean? Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's a. I use I use the points his eyes. And he's kind of like, yeah, they see light, and I can. See. And he's like, that's amazing. I don't understand all this, but it does mean that then Rocky's people um, haven't discovered other things. Like they come from a planet with very thick atmosphere. They didn't know there were other planets out there until Rocky they got up. Until they got up, yeah, yeah, they were like, okay, fine. But they but they managed to get to this star without inventing any of this stuff. And it turns out Rocky as well is the only person left alive on his ship. And all his crew have died. Yeah, um, and he's like, I don't understand. They just got sick. I don't understand how they got sick, and I, I was saved. And um, Grace has to go. Well, it's radiation. And he goes, I don't know what that is because the planet they live on is so hugely protected by this thick atmosphere. They've never had to deal with this. Yeah, and it's just like amazing. Tell the story about the um, the the air blower. Oh, the air blower. Yes. So there's a bit where um, Rocky can't breathe in our human atmosphere, but there's a point where he falls into human atmosphere basically and he nearly dies but because it's like toxic too. yeah it's hugely toxic you know he's, he lives in pneumonia he's like is used to really heavy gravity um and so he there's a point where he has to come in and nearly dies so Grace then puts him back in his original atmosphere and it's like I, he's not moving i don't know if he's dead i don't know if he's asleep i can't I, I, I you know i don't know what this the biology of the species is like at all um but he does know that this species is very, very hot, and when this thing came out, he had the smoke billowing out of him, and he's kind of gone, oh, okay. What he's learned is there's basically like a radiator inside him, mm -hmm. inside um, Rocky. So he's kind of like, okay, well, I need to, maybe I need to clear him out. And he invents this like big tube thing, and basically, it manages to insert it in, does all this amazing science, and um, blows <laughs> inside Rocky to clear his radiator, basically. And all this soot comes flying out of him, and he's like, eh. He's clean. I, he'll, he'll okay. I've bled the radio. I've bled the radio. He'll be clean. It's fine. And a couple of days later, Rocky is fine, does wake up, knocks, and is like, what, what's all this back stuff around here? And, you know, what's happened? And um, Grace goes, well, you'll be really pleased with me. I managed to invent this thing that basically cleaned out your radiator, basically. So all that's soot from inside you. And, you know, so you're fine now. And Rocky just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when we are healing, we shut down for a bit, and you have just blown all the scabs off the bits of my body that were damaged. So, so, yeah, it's that sort of that lesson about like you know. Um, don't assume. Yeah. Don't assume, and biology is so different in these places as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a. It's not telling you everything about. It. I'm not going to tell you. We certainly about haven't happening. told everything no, no, that no. happens in this. But um, yeah, so it is just a phenomenally interesting. Um, take because it is sort of like an end of a world thing as well. We just don't spend any time on Earth, really. No, we get flashbacks as um, Grace begins to remember um, how he got there, uh, which happens very slowly. Um, but yeah, we, and it's just really, really well revealed. And the science, even though the science is quite dense in places, it never feels it's not, it never takes it's over. Not inaccessible. No, it never takes um, over. If you read The Martian, yes. Then I think this is, and you enjoyed it. I think you would enjoy this too. Yeah, it's it's kind of got that same thing of a, a world we do not know. Um, mm. How do you grow potatoes on Mars? Yes, yeah. um, and then he talks you through the logic of it, yeah, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what we would do, and blah blah blah. And it kind and it makes sense. Yes, it's a bit mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, but it makes sense, and this is what he's done in this as well, where it just it's so clever with how he's done it. Yeah, that um, I think yeah, I, it's more people should be reading him. Absolutely, he and, and I, I think he get possibly is dismissed because it's sci-fi. Um, yeah, but it's one of those books I think that actually could transcend genre. I absolutely think so. Uh, yeah, um, 
this is my favourite of his three. I think Martian is second and Artemis is third. I mean, Artemis is still good, but it's not on the same level. It's as the more thrillery, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's set on a moon base. That one. So, it, but it's all still very heavy sciencey. But it's yeah, it's not. Um, I mean, all three of them are thrillers, really, in their own way, aren't they? But yeah. Um, yeah, I much prefer this one. Something about someone being stranded out in space by themselves. It's quite, clearly, yeah, yeah. It's but it's it's that coupled with the science. Yes, because yeah, of, yeah. and it's it sounds stupid, but it's the science and the maths, and it all kind of is done such an accessible way yeah, that even yeah. if you don't get it, even if you're not a nerd, you it will make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Um, there's still that human, very human element to it as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, guess what? Birdsbooks.co.uk? Precisely, my friend. Lovely. Well, that is very nearly it for this Lovely. episode. Um, we have got uh, a little thing left to do, which is check in on the charts. Oh, yes, And yes. see how they've been behaving mm-hmm. whilst we've been away. And I can tell you that actually... Um, the World Book Day books are pretty much the top ten. Fair enough. It's been World Book Day. It has been. We've yeah, missed World Book Day. We had um, we had Steve Anthony come into yes. the shop and do a reading on Saturday. Very nice. I also did a couple of readings for some play groups. Well done. We read The Squirrels Who Squabbled. Lovely. And that was a February read. I read all of that. <laughs> um, and then the first book I read in March was Oi Dog. Lovely. Which was and I read all of that too. Well done. Definitely adding that That's to the pile. Series you started. Uh, it is true. Um, I I Oi Dog. No, Oi Frog I read, not Oi Dog. Yes. They're very similar. They are. Um, ends with a bit of a twist. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I have read it. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but my goddaughter's really into them. So back to them. the chart. So I'm going to ignore the World Book Day books. Now. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about the top ten non-World Book Day books. And guess what? I'm really out of it, so I don't know where well, anything is. Well, last time we spoke... Um, a certain prince was hanging around the top ten, oh, top okay. two, top one, in ah. fact. Not in the top ten anymore. That doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me. Still doing actually quite well. He's probably 11, 12, what, 16. Oh, okay. So he sold 6,000 copies last week. Still people wow. buying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still people buying yeah. it. I don't know why. Um, you'd think it was all out there by now. Yeah. But apparently not. Uh, so, at number 10, we've definitely seen this one before. The Ultimate Air Fryer Cookbook. Oh, it's still there. It's going to be the year of the air fryer. <laughs> uh, number 9, The Adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi by Shannon Chakraborty. I have not heard of this one. I don't know that book. Um, it's a hardback. It only came out last week and it has somehow managed to sell 9,000 copies. Yeah. This happened a couple of weeks ago with another book as yeah. well. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one next week because I think this is like a um, uh, like a subscription box, a really ah, successful yes, one or something, or like a gift box, something like that, where all the sales seem to happen in one week. Because I think that is her first one. I may be making that up. I might have a quick look uh, whilst we talk. Um, yeah, no, she has written a couple of others actually, but um, not for uh, like she's written a series. Um, called the T- D- Devabad trilogy. This is not part of that trilogy, as far as I can see. So, um, fantasy romance set in the Middle East. It'd be interesting. I think keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number nine. Mm-hmm. At number eight, um, we have got Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Gillian McCann. Oh, I've just started reading that. That's just come out in paperback. I'm reading the hardback, but yes. Uh, at seven... Is the newest David Baldacci, 620 Man. Uh-huh. Uh, a Rich and Judy book club pick. Oh, okay. There you go. 
Uh, they're still a thing, apparently. Um, City of Nightmares by Rebecca Schaefer mm-hmm. is a young adult hardback. Again, this, this week one has sold 10,400 copies. That is huge mm. for fiction hardback. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to that next week. Um, the Day of Fallen Night by Samantha Shannon. Um, this one, I think, is a little bit more... Um, I, I'm not su- as surprised that it's done well because I have at least heard of her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really lovely looking book, and um, I think it's by the, it is by the same person who wrote the Priory of the Orange Tree. Um, I don't think it's a sequel. Um, no, no, sorry, I apologise. It is a sequel okay. to, to that. So that makes sense at okay. least yeah. because that was huge. Um, at number four, the Murder Before Even song, Reverend Richard Coles. It's just out in paperback. Just out in paperback. That one's done quite well. Board of Lunch um, by Nathan Anthony mm-hmm. uh, is at number three. Colleen Hoover is at number two with her latest one. It, I don't know if it is her latest one or if it's her latest re-release because okay. there's so many that she's written. What's this one? Um, it's called Never Never. Oh. Um I, you know, you now know as much as I do. Okay. Um, at, but at number one, would you like to take a guess? I know you've been out of it for a while. Could you guess? I mean, going on our shop, Mother's Boy or Garnet Girls? Uh, no. I don't think either of them would be out Well, Garnet Girls A is a hardback, so yeah, I would say... So yeah. um, oh, Lessons in Chemistry. Lessons in Chemistry. Yes. There we go. Number one. The Burt's Books Book of the Year yes. 2022 is now a number one best-selling paperback. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there we go. That is the top ten. Very nice. Uh, that is everything for this week. Um, please do remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That way, you will never miss an episode, even if we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it will help us find new listeners as well, which is always very useful because then it reminds us to do the podcast a bit more. Yep. Um, we're going to try and not have three weeks off again. I no, think. no, no. Um, at the very least. I will try and do one, even if it's just by myself. That's fine. In theory, I should be about again a bit more now. And, um, yeah, that's it. Um, you can contact us. Yes. If you want to tell us off for not um, not reading the books that you want us to read, or not telling you about the books that we have read, you can email Bert at bertsbooks.co.uk. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That one yes. as well. Yes. Nearly forgot about that main one. Um, so best. that's where we are. Find us, talk to us, or ignore us. Do whatever you want to do. Um, we will see you... Probably next week. Yes. Say goodbye, Michael. Goodbye, Michael.